So I'm going to read that verse again, and um, we'll jump into the message. Um, because I, I really believe the Lord wants to let someone know more than one, I believe, that he is the way maker this morning. And I think the Lord wants to remind many of us the same, that he is a way maker. It doesn't matter um, what you're facing today. He's still on the throne. And that key text is, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And um, maybe, maybe today you need uh, a way out with what you're facing. It's bearing down on you. I want us to look at an Old Testament story that involved Moses and the children of Israel and the way maker. And if you want to uh, look, follow along with me. I'm not going to be able to read the whole story, but if you want to even reference it for later, Exodus 14 is where we're going to be at. And I'm going to set this verse up, or these verses up, the story up. Um, and you probably would remember that God used uh, Moses to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he did that in a miraculous way. And uh, he brought them through the wilderness. It was a journey that should have taken them about 40 days. And it ended up lasting them 40 years because they got in the way. And it's so important for us not to get in God's way. And they murmured and they complained, even with God doing miraculous things for them. I want you to picture the children of Israel uh, in the wilderness, the Bible says that they were led by the cloud by day and the fire in the cloud by night. And they actually, the scripture says, had an angel going before them. So can you picture that scene? These the huge mass of people being brought out in, in miraculous ways. And they had this visual representation of God as a cloud by day and fire by night. And they actually had the angel of the Lord going before them, which I believe they could see. And even with all of that, they still entered in, they many times had unbelief. They still complained and they still murmured. Now we can feel pretty good about that because we, when we complain, because we don't have that visualization, and we could say, hey, if I had that, I wouldn't dare, uh, you know, complain. But we have the very presence of God, God inside of us, inside of us, that speaks to us, that encourages us, that reminds us of the promise, that gives us scriptures. And sometimes we still find a way to complain. Now, I know I'm not talking about anybody here. I'm just trying to say for myself, I'm trying to learn. And many times we can get in God's way and then expect him to make the way. And it's interesting because the scripture, the story that I'm going to focus on, the part of their story that I'm going to focus on today, uh, God told Moses to turn back and camp by the Red Sea. And then God hardened Pharaoh's heart so he would come after the children of Israel. 
And uh, so Pharaoh comes with all of his best chariots, his army, after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel can see them coming on the horizon. They can see Pharaoh, Pharaoh's forces advancing against them. And then, so they see Pharaoh on this side. Then they have the Red Sea on this side. And they are hemmed in. There is no way out. Now, don't forget that God is still with them. The cloud is still there. And the angel of the Lord is still there. I'm just trying to say, when, it, when this side looks like the enemy is bearing down on you and he's going to take you out, and this side looks like there's nothing you can do, don't forget that if you God, got God with you, there is another option. There is another way. And God had it planned out all along. And as the angel of the Lord went ahead of them and, and the cloud still above them, God had Pharaoh come against them. And God did that for a couple of reasons. He first, the first reason he brought Pharaoh against the children of Israel is that he wanted to show his glory again to his, his people, his children. He wanted to display his miraculous ability to them once again so they can learn to trust him. See, not all of your problems are bad problems. I mean, they seem bad, but they yield good results. You learn how to trust God when you're facing problems. You learn that God hears your prayers when you face problems. You learn that God is always there with you when you face those hard times. So he wanted to display his, his glory to them again so they could learn to trust him. And also, he wanted to completely defeat their enemy. And I'm going to show you that. Let me look at Exodus 14, verse 19 and 20. When, as Pharaoh is coming, the Bible says, Then the angel of, the, of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. So between them and Pharaoh and his army, the pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. I just want to tell you today that when God is on your side, there is another side. It's called the supernatural side. That when it looks to be no other option, God has another option. He can make a way when there seems to be no way for you. You may say there's no way. God says, yeah, there is my way, and my way is any way I choose. And I love it because God had Moses stretch out his hand. And you probably remember this part of the story. And he stretched out his hand and the waters of the Red Sea began to divide. Begin to move left and right. And the Bible says the children of Israel walked through the sea on dry ground. Even the, even the ground was not even wet. They didn't get their feet wet at all. And Pharaoh and his entire army followed them. 
And God, in the, while they're in the middle of this sea, following the Israelites to kill them, God threw them into confusion, Pharaoh and his army. And even the wheels on their chariots begin to lock up. And then they begin to realize, wait a minute, God is fighting for them. And they turn around trying to get out of the seabed. And then God had Moses stretch out his hand again. And we pick up the story of verse 27, the water, 28. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea, look, not one of them survived. Not one of them. Now, on one side, again, they, they, were, they were on the other side, right? And the Red Sea was behind them and Pharaoh coming against them. Now they're on the other side of the Red Sea. And their enemy has been completely defeated. Isn't that amazing? How many of you have experienced in a, a miraculous move of God that brought you out of the tough situation you were in and you saw your enemy defeated? Would you just raise your hand and give God thanks? I want you to look around this room. And let's just give God thanks because we can forget about those times. The children of Israel forgot about the plagues and how God came in and, and separated judgment on, on Pharaoh and the Israelites but kept them safe. They already forgot, and, and we all do it. Human nature, when we face things, we forget all that God has already done for us. We forget the times that he showed up and gave us a way when it seemed there would be no other way. So I, I, it doesn't matter how trapped you may feel today. I know it's real to you, but I'm just trying to remind you today. It doesn't matter that your enemy is trying to destroy you. I'm just trying to remind you today that if you have God on your side, you have the way maker with you. And if he's with you, the scripture teaches us who can be against you. I'm just trying to preach just a little bit today to a church that needs encouraging. And somebody's going to grab a hold of this and you're going to leave this place without your situation changing yet, but it's, it's going to already change inside of you. And you're going to be singing that song all week long. He's a way maker. And even when I don't see him, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Even when the doctor's report says otherwise, he is working. I don't know, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost today, and maybe this is just for me today. But I'm feeling God stirring, and I think God's going to settle some things in your spirit. So let me talk to you about the ways of the way maker. First of all, God specializes in the impossible. It seems like God enjoys it more when the odds are stacked against him. The more impossible a situation looks, it's the more glory he receives when he makes a way out of it. I know what it's like to be told that you can't. And then with the gift of faith, it wasn't within me. I know it wasn't. But within the gift of faith, I responded in a way that said, but God. 
and God proved himself. It seemed like it wasn't going to be a possible situation at all, but I knew that God already said it would happen. And you got to have that, in, that you got to have that settled in your spirit. You got to know that you know. You may not know how, you may not know the way, you may not know when, but you just know God will do it for you. It's nothing that he cannot do for you. He specializes in the impossible. Jesus said it himself. He said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And the Bible's full of actual stories where God made a way and turned the impossible into reality. You know, times where there was no other way. I mean, there was no way. There was no way for a man to be thrown into a lion's den and survive. Until the waymaker made a way. There was no way that three young Hebrew men could be thrown into the fiery furnace and survive. And it's not even have a smell of smoke on them, not even a hair singed. There was no way until the waymaker made the way. If I had a Pentecostal church, somebody would already be up and saying, Would you keep on? Preach it, preacher. I got. I, I know we, we, we're not Pentecostal here. <laughs> no, we are. There was no way a young boy could kill a giant with one slingshot in stone till the waymaker made a way. There was no way a man could live inside a fish for three days until the waymaker made a way. There was no way a young virgin girl could give birth to the very son of God until the waymaker made a way. Come on, church. There is no way that you can have all your sins forgiven and be sitting in church singing about the waymaker until the waymaker made a way. There's no way you could have been free from that addiction that controlled you. You felt hemmed in. You felt there was no way out until the waymaker made a way. And God is still making a way for you today, even when you can't see him. If you'll just stay with him, you keep trusting in him. He is making a way. Just focus on Jesus. He's already made a way for you. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, I, I like this one. God doesn't have to make alternative plans, alternate plans. I like to have a plan. I especially like to have a plan when it comes to eating. <laughs> I like to know what, what, if I'm going to a family reunion, I got to go ahead and have me some stuff ready just in case. As a matter of fact, a lot of times I eat before I get there just in case there's nothing there I want. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> My family's that way. And uh, I like to have a plan. And, and um and, and I not only like to have a plan, I like to have a plan B. Because sometimes I'm not able to do what I plan. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? So I like to have me a way out if I have to. And I'll say, well, if this doesn't work, if I can't do this, I can do that. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? But I just got to tell you today, God don't need a plan B. What he plans, he can do. And he plans on doing what he wants to do. 
I love this scripture. Isaiah says this, I make known the end from the beginning. That means God says, I can tell you how it's going to end up even before it starts. <laughs> oh, come on, folks. This is your God. He says from ancient times, from the, the end, from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I can just let you know. I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. That is your God. If he wants to do it, he's going to do it and nothing will stop him. He doesn't have to worry about plan B. He does what he plans. Now hear me. And he plans on including you and me in his plan. But he will not override your will. I've talked to people before and they were so discouraged and even seemed to be angry at God because God did not save their loved one. And can I tell you, God, I believe with all of my heart, will move heaven and earth for you and heaven and earth to save one person. But he will not override their will. They have to choose him. But he sure can make it where they want to. Amen? So God doesn't need us. Hear me. God doesn't need me or you for his plans to succeed. But he wants to use me and you. He doesn't have to make alternate plans. Number three is this. God desires to give you complete victory. Complete victory in every area of your life. To the Israelites, it looked like that God led them out of captivity to end back up in captivity. When they saw Pharaoh coming again, it looked like they were going to be captured or killed. And God had it planned the whole time. What looked like their defeat turned out to be their enemy's defeat. And God plans on you having victory in every area of your life. Christ's blood was shed not just so that you can, and I could have forgiveness of sins, but for us to walk in freedom in every area of your life. There should not be any area of your life that you don't experience freedom in. If there is, you just go ahead and give it to God, and he's going to walk you through to freedom. He's going to give you a way where you can have freedom in every area of your life. That's his plan for us. The psalmist, I love it, and, and, and a lot of times us preachers will use Psalms 23 at a funeral because it does give comfort. But I think, I, I, I just believe the psalmist sang the 23rd Psalms with confidence and with a little attitude. I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe it maybe went more like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and, and he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear no evil. Sounds like we sung about that already. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with all my cup 
it overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I believe we can say the same Psalms with that kind of confidence, that we should be able to say that, God, you have hemmed me in. I had the pleasure of spending the weekend with Nick. He came in for a couple of days, and me and Patty try not to act all excited and that we would kill the fatted calf, but we do every time he comes in. It's so sad. We're so pathetic. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and it's always hard to see him leave, but it don't seem like it bothers him at all to leave us. And we're just looking around it, and he's gone. And, uh, but I had this conversation with him and I always remind him of God's blessings on his life. And how God has hemmed him in. He's laid his hand on him. He said, Dad, I know it. He said, everywhere I go, and I just am blessed. And that's not being prideful or cocky. That's just aware of your God's hand on your life. And I'm telling you, if you'll just start acknowledging God's hand on your life, you'll start seeing it a whole lot more than you do now. If you would just start acknowledging that the way maker is with you and, and there is no way that you cannot have him with you if you are not in the way, right? If you are in the right way, we're going to talk about that in a moment. And when he's with you, you're just going to be blessed. It can, it can go bad for everybody else, but it doesn't have to go bad for you. And even if it is bad news for you, you have him with you. He can change it at any moment. And if he doesn't change it, he has a reason for you and it's good. Now, I am preaching today. I am earning my pay today. And Deuteronomy says this. I love it. It says, for the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory. That is your God. Number four, and this is the last one, the way of the way maker. God wants you to experience his glory. God wants you to experience his glory. Let's go back to the Red Sea. I want to read a few verses. It says, That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him, and in Moses, his servant. See, God is a loving God, and he does want you to know how great he is. But he wants you to learn how to trust him, that you can rely on him, that you can count on him, and, and understand that he's going to work good for you every time. If you do, the scripture says, do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you're going to reap a harvest if you faint not. That, hey, you just keep going after him. Make him your main way, and he's going to make a way no matter how bad it looks. I love this. Hear this statement. He will not lead you to a place where he cannot bring you out of victoriously. He will not put you in a situation, if you're following after him, that he cannot lead you out or will not lead you out victoriously. Now, let me give you the right way because we have to learn that we have to be in the right way 
Proverbs says this, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. That we can deceive ourselves and we can think we're in the right way, but that way is the wrong way. And let me tell you about the right way. First things first, you have to make sure that you're headed in the right direction. And the right direction is a relationship with Jesus Christ. You got to get that down first. I know so many of us, we have needs and we run to God over our needs, but God is waiting for you to run to him with your heart. He, and he will many times even meet your need when your heart has not been given to him just because he wants you to give your heart to him. Some of us right now are riding on the blessings of God even without a good relationship with him. And the reason why, he's hoping that you would give your heart completely to him. In other words, you haven't even experienced the goodness of God like he wants to give you until he has your heart completely devoted to him. Aren't you glad for that? May God bless me. God spoke to me when I did not deserve him to speak to me. He showed up in the bar speaking to me like I already belonged to him. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like I was sitting in church service. He speaks over me and speaks destiny to me. And I'm not even living for him. I'm actually running from him. But he's coming my way to lead me to his way, the right way. Aren't you thankful? How many did God come after in that way? Aren't you thankful? Because I know I was headed in the wrong way. Thought it was the right way. If you do not have a relationship with Jesus, that's where you start. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way to have your sins forgiven. Jesus is the only way to have a relationship with God the Father. Jesus is the only way to have the supernatural working in your life. So if you need a way out, first you need Jesus. And then he can give you that way out. You might have heard this before, but I like it anyway. Jesus is your GPS, God's plan of salvation. So there's three directions I want to give you for the right way, and then we're going to pray. The first one is this. You got to walk by faith. You got to walk by faith. The second Corinthians says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Don't let what you see get you off course. It will if you go by just what you see. Just the physical, your physical senses will lead you astray. Pilots when they learn how to fly, they have to learn to go by their gauges, their controls. Because if they get in the right cloud cover, it can disorient them. They're suspecting that's what happened with a helicopter accident with Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And that seasoned pilot got disoriented. They're suspecting that happened because when that cloud cover moves in, you can't tell up from down. And they have to learn how to use their gauges, not by what they see, 
outside, but by what their gauge tells them. And can I tell you, there are some gauges that God has given me and you. It is his Bible. He will not tell you something contrary than his word. And it is his spirit living inside of you. I've heard people say, why is there one Bible and so many different beliefs? It shouldn't be because we all have the same spirit. And if we're listening to the same spirit, we'll get the same interpretation from God's word. It's the spirit of God that illuminates God's word in our hearts. And so those gauges, and sometimes, listen, let me give you this verse. This verse says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will always hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. And I know I've heard that voice, not with these natural ears, but with my spirit ears. Jesus said, you have ears, but you don't even hear. You have eyes, but you don't even see. And he's not talking about the physical sense, but by the spiritual sense. And you have to get your spiritual ears where you can hear what God is saying to you. Well, pastor, how do we do that? You get into his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. You got to get into God's word. You got to spend time listening to God in prayer. Prayer is not just, you know, throwing up to God all of our problems, but it is waiting and asking him to speak to us. And when you're doing the, the prayer in God's word, fellowshipping with him, you'll be able to have that voice inside. Maybe it comes through a message like this. Maybe it comes through a scripture that you read. Maybe it comes from godly counsel, counsel that you would get. Maybe it's just a spirit of peace that comes over you about a situation. You need that kind of direction to bring that peace to your life. And no matter what you're going through, you just know inside it's taken care of. God's got it. God is going to direct me. He's going to make a way for me. So you have to be able to uh, always, excuse me, uh, walk by faith. Let me give you the second one. Always obey. Always obey. Now, this is probably the hardest one, right? Because we don't get to pick and choose what we want to obey in. It's not like God gives us a menu and tells us to select your entree. And we get to select what we want. Uh, circle this, like if you're in the hospital, you get to circle whether you want the jello or if you want the peaches with whipped cream on top. Uh, you don't get to circle what you want to obey with God. You have to completely obey him in every way. I've told you this before. Please hear me. Partial obedience is still disobedience. It's like this. If, if, we're, if you're in a... a um, uh, a town and you don't have a GPS uh, back in the day we had to stop and ask for directions I'm dating myself but we had to stop somebody and say hey can you tell me how to find this and, and if you got a good country person there's no telling what they're going to tell you <laughs> well you know you know where that oak tree is up there you go up to that oak tree by old man Wilson's farm and you turn right right there and you have no clue what they're talking about. But you had to get some directions, right? You had, you had to turn left, then turn right, then go two more rights because you're going to turn another left. And you had to make sure that you got these directions because if you turn left when you should have turned right, you're not going to be where you want to be. And it's the same with God when it comes to obedience. It's complete directions. You follow his complete directions. 
If you want to be in the place that he can bless you, you just do what he tells you to do. If he says turn right, turn right. If he says stop and wait a minute, stop and wait a minute. Turn left three times, left, left, left. Then one more left where you're going to end. God ain't going to tell you to put you back in the same place again, right? But you got to follow all of his directions. You have to always obey him. And you have to understand when you obey him, it's always good. It's always God, when he tells you to do something or not to do something, it's for your good. You get blessed by it. You really do. And let me give you the last one. So important. And this is a little difficult too. You have to yield even when you don't understand. Yield even when you don't understand. Yield is to give control to another, to stop and let other, uh, you know, have their way. And this is how it's got to be with God. Your life has to be a life of yielding to his way. In, 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 this is obedience, yes, but I'm, I'm meaning more of this vein, okay? That even when you're doing everything right, you're doing everything that God has told you to do. And you're waiting for him to make that way for you. And you don't see him move. You still have to yield to his way. It's during those times that Satan really puts some mind games on you. He'll tell you, now you've done this and look what's happened. Like the children of Israel, you know they were thinking. As a matter of fact, they said, you brought us out of Egypt where at least we had meat to eat. And now we're here in this desert. And they actually said this. It would have been better for us to be back in Egypt. And aren't we tempted when we're doing all that, the right things and we're doing everything that we believe God has led us to do and we still don't see the results that we think should be, you still have to keep yielding to God's way. In just a moment, God can change everything for you. But even if he doesn't, you got to settle in your heart that God, this is not the way that I wanted but this way has to be better than the way I would have chosen. You remember, he knows the end from the beginning. He knows how it's going to turn out for you. Would you stand and I'm going to give you the last verse that probably many of us can quote. Before I do that, uh, since the clock is being so nice to me today, I... Um, You've heard me share over the years, you guys that have been with us for a while now, many different times I've shared with you uh, about Belgium. And for, uh, for us to get to Belgium, so much of this message applies. It didn't make sense uh, for us to have to wait so long. The day that we felt called to Belgium, a disease hit my body that day. And not only would that disease keep me from going to Belgium at that time, it would keep me from doing a lot of things. And I wrestled with it. I really did. And there, my, my faith has never been as challenged in all my life 
And I said, God, how can you call me to a place and allow this to happen to my body? Again, about three hours after this miraculous confirmation that we were supposed to go to Belgium, this disease, later to find out an incurable disease hit my body, a form of cancer. And that was uh, a trying time for us because we had yielded. Every way, we said, God, wherever you go. Now, we're not all that. I'm just telling you that we learned a while back that God's way is the best way. But I was struggling at that moment that, God, you called me here, and now this is, you're going to let this happen? And not only can I not go to Belgium, I can't even work. And how? How? And I, I remember one time, we, we had to live with Patty's mom and dad, I mean, during that time. And praise God for good in-laws that would take us back into their house and help us. And I remember being out in the vehicle praying, pouring out my heart to God. I wish I could tell you that it was a victorious prayer. I wish I was singing, Waymaker, Miracle Maker. <laughs> now, I was saying, this way stinks, God. I mean, this is stinks. I can't believe this is happening. Incurable disease? Telling my wife that he could die from this? And she's all now in a wreck? And you called us to Belgium to win the lost? In many ways, I felt like, why don't you start right here? And I got out of the car, walking back in the house. I could take you to the very spot at your house, walking by the kitchen window. And God said in my spirit, talking about that voice inside, he said, I told you, I called you to the nations. He didn't even hear my complaining. He didn't even hear me saying there was no way. He just spoke the truth. And can I tell you, a few years went by and I was in remission, still being treated today, but in remission. And then God began to put it in my heart, it's time. It's time. And the housing market, this was 2008. The housing market crashed. We had, would have to sell our house. We didn't have a bunch of equity at all. As a matter of fact, we didn't even have enough to cover the realtor fees that it would take to sell the house. And we had to pay off debt and raise about $50,000. And they said it would take you about two years. So after five years of waiting, I told Patty, you got a moment, I'm, I'm, I'm still good on time, okay? You'll get there before the chicken is stale. <laughs> I told Patty, I said, oh, wait a minute, God, I feel the winds of change blowing. I feel it in my spirit. Sarah sings that song, I feel it in my bones, you're about to move. I felt that in my spirit. God, and I told Patty, the winds of change are fixing to blow. God's already told me that. And it's about time for us to make application to go to Belgium. We were told we couldn't, but let's go ahead and give it to God. Because I think, I didn't say these exact words, but what I said in similar words, God's going to make a way if he wants us there. And I actually had a good close friend. As a matter of fact, I don't mind telling you, it's Pastor Moore. He said, Bobby, God, they're not going to let you go to Belgium with that disease in your body. And I told Pastor Moore, not trying to be hardy, but I just said, brother, if God called me there, he's going to get me there. And I told Patty, let's, let's begin to, to make application. And we go out with Patty's mom and dad. If you don't know much about Patty's mom, uh, God speaks to her. And uh, 
we're sitting around the table at Cracker Barrel that I can take you to today. And uh, she said, God gave me a word from somebody, but I believe it may be for y'all. Is God doing something? And I said, I don't know. What's God telling you? <laughs> and uh, she said, well, I don't have the word before me, but in the word it says the winds of change are fixing to blow. And they're going to blow at such a high velocity, don't be alarmed, when they begin to blow. Within about, it's a process to get approved as a missionary. So within about five months, the process came back. We were approved to go to Belgium. Now it was the process of raising money. Had to sell a house. We had to put the house for sale by owner. The first person that came and looked at the house, it's a little emotional, said, God told me to buy your house. Uh, within two months of the house, us putting it for sale sign in the yard, we were moving out of the house. It was closed, done. Now we had to raise, again, quite a bit of money to go for a year to Europe. Within about four months, the money was raised. What seemed to be impossible, God just said, oh, wait just a minute, give it some time. And we gave it some time. We kept yielding to him. And then when he says it's time, when he said it was time, it was time. He made a way. I, I've told you this before. We needed a car to itinerate. We didn't have a car that we could drive all over the U.S. raising money. And Pat, Patty said, God's going to give us a car. And on a Sunday night, somebody came up and gave us keys to a car. I'm just trying to tell you that God will get you where he wants you to be. If you just keep with him. If you keep yielding to him, W, you have to make sure, what did I say W was? Oh, thank y'all. <laughs> w was, I feel real good now. W was walk by faith, walk by faith. A is what? A is always obey. Don't, don't even try to strain the brain. I'm going to give it to you. And then three, Y, y is yield. Thank you. Thank y'all. Feel real good about this message. Way, way. God will make a way for you. Would you bow your head just a moment? Mm, thank you, Jesus. I didn't ask them to do this. And, um, and Drew, I appreciate you coming up. Can you pull up Waymaker Tim for me? And, and would you play it down low? Thank you, God. Drew, if you'll hang up here just for a moment. Thank you, God. I just feel like that today this was a on-time word, not because I preached it, but because God wanted to get it across. Just an on-time word. That, man, this was um, sort of like some, some ointment. How, man, if you have a sore, if it's the right ointment, you just instantly feel some relief. And it's going to be more than that for you because it's going, to, it's going to bring you out. If that's you, you say, this was my message today. Would you just step out? Don't be ashamed. There may be only one person, but that's okay. You say, this was my message today, man. This was for me. Would you step out? I want to pray with you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. There's no shame in coming here. 
I really feel like there's quite a few more. And it's okay. Would you go ahead and step on out? Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise. If you're watching online, I'm telling you, God is right there with you. If you would just raise up your hand to the Lord, let him know, hey, God, this is me today. This is mine. I believe God's going to settle a word in your spirit, just like he gave me when I got through complaining. He said, I told you I've called you to the nations. He's just going to remind you today. Thank you, God. Anyone else? We're going to give it just a moment. There was such a heaviness at the very start of this uh, service today. And I think in a, in a way it's just because of, uh, of the need. There's a lot of sickness, I understand that. Then, then the flooding, the, this maybe hitting some family members. Uh, but just the news of today is heavy, isn't it? It's real heavy. But a God, man, the songs of God has orchestrated that. I got you. I got you. Just a moment. Anyone else? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I want three ladies. Would y'all stand behind these three ladies? Three ladies of faith. I want you to stand behind them. Thank you, God. Before I pray with them, I want to lead us in a commitment prayer. Uh, if you haven't given your life to Christ and you need to, uh, if you have sin in your life and you want to ask God to forgive you, we want to have the honor to pray with you. And this is a prayer that you would make real between you and the Lord, okay? And you just ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. You can do that. You don't have to wait till Sundays, as a matter of fact. But you ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins, to come into your heart and change your life. Yeah, I'll go ahead and begin praying for them. Thank you all. And I want to pray this prayer with everyone else. And if you're watching online and you want to commit your life to Christ and you want to repent of sins, we're going to pray it together. And our church prays it with you. Church, let's pray it together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me? For all my sins, would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'm going to do my best to live for you in Jesus' name.